Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. This is your host, Robert Enos of Table Flippers Podcast, the Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. Before we get on with this, please listen to this important announcement. I hope you go and check out our merchandise page. We have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I just got in my own hat, and I've been wearing it, and I've been getting a lot of compliments on it. It's a fantastic hat. My daughter designed all of these, but we have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. And if you go to tableflippers.com, that's tableflippers.com, and use freedom as your promo code, you'll get a discount. Fantastic stuff, beautiful stuff, and it'll help me, it'll help you. And together, we'll be flipping awesome. In my last podcast, I read to you an article by Michelle A. Vu, who is a Christian Post reporter, and we discussed the the idea of the end-time theology as it's been taught in churches throughout America and even the world. And basically, just to, if you didn't listen to the podcast, please do that, but basically... The conclusion is that it's wrong, it's false, at least the way it's taught in most American churches and now in the world. It's just wrong. Today's podcast, I want to help shed some light on why it's wrong, how we got to this place. So I'm going to be doing a little reading from another uh, article. This is actually a rather large article, so I won't read it all, but I'll read some highlights from it, and you'll get the gist, and then I'll course, make my own commentary. But I, this is from ChristianityBeliefs.org, End Time Deceptions. And I again, I'll leave the link in the comment section or in the section that uh, describes the podcast so that you can uh, click on it or cut and paste and go find this if you would like to. But it says this, oh, before I get on with this, this is going to talk a lot about the Catholic Church. So I don't want to anybody think that I'm throwing the Catholic Church under a bus or castigating the Catholic Church, because I'm not. I'm reading an article. But at the same time, the history of the Catholic Church, since its founding to present, there's a lot of darkness in the history of the Catholic Church. I'm not saying that, say, the darkness that was there 500 years ago is still there today. That's not what I'm saying. That's not my claim. I'm just saying at certain points, in the history of the, the Catholic Church, there's been a lot of bad, wicked things happen. And I know we can do that with the Christian Church, with any religion or religious sect, and we understand that. But so if I'm reading something here and it's making Catholicism sound pretty bad, I'm just reading the article. But listen to the whole thing and understand the how and the why behind these words. So the title of this is Jesuit end times antichrist deception this end times deception page will explain how the concepts of a one man end time antichrist in a seven year tribulation period became so prevalent after 1800 years of biblical teaching that knew nothing of the sort now before i read on 
I just want to explain that a little bit. For 1,800 years since the time of Christ, for the first 1,800 years, what we call end time, you know, eschatology, end time teaching, and the way it's taught in the American church today, nobody knew any of that for 1,800 years. Okay, for 1,800 years, that's not what was taught in Christianity. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. Back to the article. You will learn how the Jesuits of the Roman Catholic Church manipulated Bible prophecy to create an end-time Antichrist in order to deflect blame away from them as the Antichrist system. The beasts of Daniel and Revelation study reveals that the Roman Catholic Church is the beast of Revelation, the little horn of Daniel, and the Pope, the son of perdition. That's not to say that there won't be an end-time false messiah, but the truth is that Satan's Antichrist beast has been waging war against Jesus and Christians since 538 AD. This study will explain how the Jesuits have pushed their deceptive Antichrist concepts during the last 500 years so that they are taught to pastors at seminary and then preached to their congregations. The End Time Prophecy Teaching by John MacArthur, Chuck Swindoll, David Jeremiah, and other popular pastors support the Jesuit Antichrist deception. Today's teachers point to an End Time Antichrist to rise up from the European Union, which they call the Restored Roman Empire, or from Islam, both of which deflect blame away from the Roman Catholic Church Antichrist beast system. Today's pastors are teaching end-time concepts that are contrary to what is taught by these esteemed Bible scholars. Albert Barnes, John Calvin, Adam Clark, John Gill, Matthew Henry, Philip Morrow, Sir Isaac Newton, Matthew Poole, Charles Spurgeon, William Tyndale, John Wesley, John Wycliffe, and others. So how is it possible that the majority of today's pastors are teaching false doctrines about prophecy? Have they been misled? Are they ignorant? Are they wolves in sheep's clothing? In order to understand the answer to these questions, we first need to see where the deception started and then follow how it became so widely accepted. Now, before I read on in this, I do want to again make another statement about this. I'm just reading from this article. So if I read pastors or church leaders' names that maybe you know, maybe you like, maybe you appreciate, and it seems like I'm putting a negative twist on it, I'm just reading from the article. Take it with a grain of salt and understand that there's a lot of good preachers and teachers and pastors out there that are really solid in most of their teachings, but can be really off in a certain area. Let me give you an example. I know a lot of people love John MacArthur, and I really appreciate his stand against government uh, um, overreach. But when it comes to such things as, you know, the charismatic understanding, the Pentecostal understanding, and the working out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gifts, he's he's completely off. I can appreciate his his teachings or his ideas in other areas, but in that area, I tune him out completely. Why? Because he's off. He's wrong. And it can be the same thing with all of these guys in this area, and quite frankly, it is. So I don't mind reading their names, but again, understand, I'm just reading an article. Let me go on. This is page two of this article. Satan empowered the Roman Catholic Church to persecute the Church of Jesus, which drove Christians and the Word of God into obscurity. 
The truth about Jesus' love, grace, forgiveness of all their sins, the gift of eternal life which has been taught by the early church was buried under the weight of Catholic tradition and salvation by works. During the Dark Ages, the Roman Catholic Church persecuted those who proclaimed the truth of Jesus. They banned people from reading the Bible, which was in Latin. They burned Bibles and tortured and killed those who had them. They killed upwards of a hundred million people, mostly Christians, during the Dark Ages and the Inquisition. Then God shined the light of Jesus by having the Bible translated into English. With the advent of the printing press and the Word of God translated into English, the men who became the Protestant reformers were finally able to read the Bible. They found salvation through faith apart from works in the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, and they they identified the Antichrist. When they read the books of Daniel and Revelation, they identified the Roman Catholic Church as the Antichrist and the whore of Babylon who is guilty of the blood of the saints. The Protestant reformers taught that the 70th week of Daniel was fulfilled after the 69th week when the everlasting gospel was preached to Jews for seven years. Now, isn't it interesting how when these uh, people, when men were able to actually read and understand the Bible, it turned everything around. If you are reading from a, or teaching and, and reading from a language that the common people don't understand, which at that time was Latin, that don't understand, you can imagine how you could easily manipulate and control the people out of fear, false doctrine, and all this wickedness. And and it is true. It's just part of the history. At that time, the Roman Catholic Church was literally murdering people for simply wanting to read and know and understand the Bible for themselves. So again, that's why in my last podcast, I said I did something myself very dangerous. I actually started reading the Bible for myself, not trying to understand the Bible through the lens of somebody else's work, a, bur- a book or schooling or a tape series or TV series. But I actually just picked up the Word of God, started reading it. And that's started me on my journey of unraveling the nonsense of what we call end-time theology. So let me keep reading from this. This is I'm jumping a little ahead. This is from page 3. When Martin Luther posted his 95 Thesis in 1517, it was widely regarded as the initial catalyst for the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformers told people to come out of her which is found in Romans 18.4, and millions left the Roman Catholic Church and received Jesus as their Savior, which led to the formation of the Protestant churches. The Protestant Reformation led to a great awakening where worldwide missions led to millions of people coming to Jesus. Satan, no doubt, was livid as he watched God spread his holy word and the saving gospel around the world So the deceiver devised a new plan. The Roman Catholic Church empowered the Jesuits to counter the Reformation. In 1545, they started meeting at what's called the Council of Trent. One of its main purposes was to plan a counterattack against Martin Luther and the Protestants. To do this, they empowered the Jesuits, who are a secret Catholic order founded by Ignatius Loyola, who call themselves the Society of Jesus, but you'll soon find out that they are the Society of Satan. Their work was to be done not only through the Inquisition and through torture, but also through theology and deception. 
The Catholic Church gave the Jesuits the specific assignment of bringing Protestantism back to the Mother Church. Look at the state of today's liberal Lutheran Church and you know they've been successful. Central to this plan was the need to deflect accusations that they were the Antichrist beast system. The Jesuits are a covert military order of the Roman Catholic Church, not just priests. They use fifth common column tactics to infiltrate every institution they seek to destroy. Instead of attacking from the outside where everyone can see them, they covertly attack from the inside. The Jesuits infiltrate the very thing they wish to destroy. They've pretended to be Christians and have infiltrated Christian institutions to implement their deceptions inside the walls of Christianity. They countered accusations by creating the concept of an end times 70th week of Daniel featuring a one-man antichrist. Let me stop right there and just give my little um, interject my ideas on this. If you have a problem with reading all of this and seeing this with the Catholic Church, I understand because it's hard to stomach, to be honest with you. I have a lot of Catholic friends and and I hate to look at who they are in this system and think that it, there's such wickedness that runs in that system. So whether you want to believe that part or not, you know, whatever, it, it's okay. But there is something you must understand, okay? And this, you can study this out. There's, there's lots of information out there on this, okay? If you don't want to believe this one article, then get out there and do your studies. And I'll, I'll point out some names that you can easily look up and study. But it was certainly the Roman Catholic Church and s- several Jesuits that came up with this doctrine, if you will, on end-time futurism that is now adhered to and taught in most pulpits in America. This is well documented. This is well understood. If you don't want to believe all the hows and the whys, that's up to you. But you must understand at least where this came from and at least in this sense why. It was developed for the sole purpose of stopping the Protestant Reformation and people leaving the Catholic Church and hopefully getting them back into the Catholic Church. That's why it was all developed. Okay, you have to understand that. Let me get back to this. The Roman Catholic Church had Jesuit priest Francisco Ribera. Now, remember that name, and you can Google this. You can go online. You can, you can find many uh, articles and such on this gentleman, on this priest. Francisco Ribera, R-I-B-E-R-A. A brilliant man with a doctorate in theology, write a 500-page commentary with an opposing view where he manipulated prophecies in the books of Daniel and Revelation to create an end-time seven-year tribulation antichrist. Ribera applied all of Revelation to the end-time rather than to the history of the church. His explanation was that the prophecies apply only to a single sinister man who will arise up at the end-time instead of a beast which the Bible says as a powerful kingdom, the Roman Catholic Church. He said that the Antichrist would be an infidel from outside of the Church of God instead of someone who presents himself as Christ, the Pope who calls himself the Vicar of Christ. He said the Antichrist would make a seven-year peace agreement with the Jews. The most important passage that they manipulate is the 70 weeks of Daniel prophecy in Daniel 
chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And again, if you were listening to my last podcast, we read that passage and found that it says nothing of what most teachers try to make it say. Next page. They applied the 70th week of Daniel to an end-time Antichrist, replacing the 77-year period of Jesus' new covenant being offered to the house of Israel from uh, 27 to 34 A.D. These may be the four most important prophecy verses in all the Bible because of the end-time deceptions that are based on them. This idea called futurism, deferred accusations from the Roman Catholic Church and the papacy to Rome quickly adopting this viewpoint as the church's official position on the Antichrist. Prophecies in Daniel and Revelation tell us about the battle between Jesus and Satan throughout history from the time they were written to Jesus' second coming. The beast of Revelation, the little horn of Daniel, the son of perdition, and the Babylonian harlot all apply to the history of the Antichrist Roman Catholic Church who proclaims to be Christian but has opposed true Christianity throughout their history. This is called historicism. Satan has used Jesuit-controlled false prophets and misled Christians to promote the lie of futurism. Following close behind Francisco Ribera was another brilliant Jesuit scholar, Cardinal Robert Bellarmine of Rome. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. B-E-L-L-A-R-M-I-N-E. Bellarmine of Rome. Cardinal Bellarmine promoted Ribera's concept in his work, uh, polemic lectures concerning the disputes Disputed points of the Christian belief against the heretics of this time. Wow, he had a quite a title. His writings claim that Paul, Daniel, and John had nothing whatsoever to say about the papal power. He taught that Antichrist was a single individual who would not rule until the very end of time. His teachings won general acceptance among Catholics. For almost 200 years after the Council of Trent, Jesuit futurism remained largely within Catholicism. The futurism of Ribera never posed a positive threat to Protestants worldwide for three centuries and was virtually confined to the Roman Church. Ribera's manipulation of biblical text was rejected for hundreds of years by discerning students of the Bible who knew better. But the Jesuits persisted with their plan to cause the Protestants to adopt this doctrine. Now we're coming up to more modern times and watch how this unfolds. I don't have time again to get into all of this, but this unfolds in the modern Protestant church. In 1812, a Roman Jesuit priest named Manuel, sometimes Emmanuel, de la Cunza, published the work the coming of Messiah in glory and majesty under the pen name of Ben Ezra. So this Jesuit uh, priest writes this manual, this book, the coming of Messiah in glory and majesty, but he uses his pen name. He signs it, you know, written by Ben Ezra. He uses a Jewish name. And there was a reason why he did this. He did this so that it would be more accepted by Christians because if he put, you know, a Jesuit priest or Father Manuel de la Cunza, then the Christians would know this was came out of a Catholic, uh, um, from the Catholics, and would reject it. But if they put a Jewish name on there, they would think that it was a Jewish convert, and they would more 
uh, readily accept it. The pseudonym may be seen as a way of making the work acceptable to Christian readers and diverting attention away from the station of the author, as the Inquisition clearly taught Christians that Jesuits were the enemy. In the early early 1800s, their futurism concepts latched on to Protestants in the established Church of England, and from there it spread to America. The story of how this happened is both fascinating and tragic. Many individuals were genuine Christians, but unknowingly became channels of error. So, from this point on in this article, it starts naming names such as Dr. Samuel Rofi Maitland, how he advanced this teaching. He got a hold of it. He advanced it. James H. Todd advanced it. Minister Edward Irving advanced it. So all of these different Protestant preachers started to teach this as though it was truth and not understanding where it came from or why it came and what why it was developed. And they just kept preaching it as truth. Now, you bump that up a little bit to, uh, I believe it was 1909, with the introduction of the Schofield Bible. It says, the Schofield Reference Bible established the deception in America. One of the, one of the most important figures in the spread of these false doctrines is Cyrus Ingerson Schofield, a lawyer from Kansas who was greatly influenced by the writings of Darby. In 1909, Schofield published the first edition of his famous Schofield Reference Bible, which injected large doses of futurism in the commentaries. The Bible became so popular in American Protestant Bible schools that it was necessary to print literally millions of copies. This was the beginning of the end of American Protestant Christianity and a proper exegetical understanding of prophecy and the scripture. The Schofield Study Bible was received by Congregationalists, Baptists, and some Presbyterian denominations. Through the immensely popular Schofield Study Bible, dispensationalism became the standard for biblical interpretation among traditional Southern Baptists in the early 20th century. Through the Schofield Bible, Jesuit futurism spread successfully across America. The doctrine of the Antichrist still to come was becoming firmly established inside 20th century American Protestantism. (sighs) Isn't it interesting how this just began to unfold and then someone like Schofield develops this Schofield Study Bible and it pushes this false doctrine even further and Americans are starting to gobble it up in the early 1900s. It goes on to a gentleman, Lewis Sperry Schaefer, brought Schofield's teachings to the Dallas Theological Seminary and was one of the main seminaries in the country. And now this Jesuit priest, Catholic futurism is being taught through the Schofield Study Bible and so on. Now, if we were to fast forward that to, again, more modern time, uh, let me just tell you some of the people and why this is been pushed so much and how it's been so easy to spread. Of course, we already have it in the Dallas Theological Seminary, but John F. uh, Walwood pushes this through his own publications and books. Uh, Charles Caldry Ryrie, again, through his study Bible. Hal Lindsey, some of you may remember that name, very popular, I believe in the 80s, maybe early 90s, but had tons of failed predictions. And Hal Lindsey wrote books and did a lot of teaching on it. Um, Chuck Swindoll 
and Insight for Living, again, push this. David Jeremiah and Turning Point Broadcast Ministries, push this. J. Vernon McGee and Through the Bible Radio Network Program, push this. Ron Rhodes and Reasoning from the Scripture Ministries, push this. The Pre-Chib Study Group from Dr. Tim LaHaye and Dr. Thomas Ice, uh, push this. Talbot School of Theology teaches the Jesuit Antichrist deceptions. They push it. John MacArthur and Grace to You Ministries, Master's College and Grace Theological Seminary, they push this. Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel, he taught this and pushed this. Jack Van Impey, I don't know if you remember his show, his program, pushed this big time. Uh, John Hagee teaches the Jesuit Antichrist deceptions and pushes this. TBN teaches this. Tim LaHaye, Jerry Jenkins, they push this. Tyndale House Publishing promotes this and pushes this. So again, are these pastors misled? Are they ignorant? Are they wolves in sheep clothing? Now, I want to answer that in my opinion. This is my opinion. Now, listen, everybody. Up to this point, I may have made you mad because I've read these names. Again, I'm just reading it from the article. If you agree, wonderful. If you disagree, you really need to go study this. But, but the question in this article asks, are these pastors misled? Are they ignorant? Are they wolves in sheep's clothing? Um, to the first question, are they misled? Yes, of course. Absolutely, 100%. If they understood the roots of this so-called doctrine, they wouldn't teach it. Are they ignorant? Yes, they're ignorant of the truth. Are they wolves in sheep clothing? Now, I haven't met all of those men. But of the ones that I'm familiar with, I would say, no, they're not wolves in sheep clothing. They're just wrong. And yes, I would agree. They need to go study this out for themselves without bias, without the books, without the tapes, without the series, without the Schofield Study Bible and all of its false um, um, writings and, and additions to it. They need to simply study it for themselves and study where this came from and why. And you can walk through this easily. I've done it. You can look at this and find the truth easily. Here, here's another uh, little quote from, the, from this article. They may be sincere Christians, but they are teaching the doctrines of the Antichrist, and they will be held accountable to the Lord. And that I believe. It also says, There are definite strongholds in pastors' lives that aren't allowing them to see the truth, so they desperately need your prayers. And again, I agree with that. And again, I'm going to leave the link to this particular article that you can uh, cut and paste or click on and go study this for yourself. But I highly suggest you that you study this for yourself and get on the internet and check these things out. Go, I don't know, check out a book from the library on this stuff. Figure this out. Why? Because if you're being taught false religion, remember the Bible tells us that truth makes us free. Truth makes us free. So if you are under a line being taught a lie, you're not free. You may think you're free. You may feel free, but you've just come to terms with your bondage and don't even realize or recognize it anymore. And I say this to pastors and I say this to Christians. I have found in the scripture something completely different, completely different. And this is funny. I, I did this uh, research one time on my own. I sat down, just read through the scriptures, and I just I took the time to read through Daniel and those key passages out of Daniel, out of Revelation and different places that the end time uh, theorists, the futurists teach. And I began to see something totally, totally different, totally different based upon the word of God. 
But I'm the type of guy that when I see something that's different than what's being taught mainstream by these key teachers and such, I don't run out and just start teaching what I think I found, because what if I'm off? What if they're all right and I'm wrong? But in this case, it turned out that I ended up being more more right than them. Why? Because I didn't teach or study this, I should say. I didn't study this using other people's works. Remember, I said in my last podcast, I went to Bible college and I took that class on eschatology and I passed it. I believe I got an A in that class, but nonetheless, I passed it, did the research that they wanted me to do, read the books they wanted me to read, read the articles they wanted me to read, read even the Bible passages that they gave me, but only the passage that they gave me through the lens that they also provided for me. And I passed the class. It wasn't until I put all the other resources away and looked at it just from Scripture. And then when I started seeing it completely different, it made me now do research in another area. Is there anybody else out there? Anybody else? Because early on, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the future of this. Uh, I'm sorry, the past of this. I didn't know where this came from. I just was seeing something different. So I started looking to see if anybody else was finding the things that I'm finding and believing now what I'm believing. I I, I didn't teach this from the pulpit for a long time because I was concerned that maybe I'm off. So as I did my research on others, I found that all the church fathers throughout history up until, up until this Jesuit deception began, taught the very things that I was finding in scripture. Uh, They were finding, uh, they were teaching that. So it wasn't even there. And guess what? It's not there now. It's, it's, it's manufactured by twisting scripture. And then I found that there was some modern day preachers and ministers <clears throat> that believe this, wrote some books, and have been teaching it for some time. I, and I thought, why haven't I heard these guys? Why wasn't at least this also taught in my Bible school so we have a different perspective that we can compare together? And I started realizing because it wasn't part of their system, what I mean by that, the church's system. They've jumped on board to something and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. And anybody that says anything different, anybody that comes along and says, now, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute. Maybe we should look at it a different way. Maybe we should compare like, because these guys over here in our early church history, they never taught this. And there's a lot of guys today right now that aren't teaching this. So maybe we should take a look at it. And I have found that this has been a stronghold in the hearts and the minds of preachers, modern preachers. I have been, I remember having this conversation with a pastor friend of mine at the time, and I was sharing with him how wrong this was, and he was a big end time guy. And literally, as I'm talking to him, the little veins in his neck start popping out, his, his eyebrows go down. His face started turning red, but he didn't say anything. I'm thinking, what's going on with this guy? Maybe he ate some hot chili peppers that I wasn't aware of. <clears throat> and then he, he just interjected and interrupted me and started, you know, like getting onto me and reprimanding me and almost yelling. And I told, I had to tell him, dude, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. And when he finally kind of gathered himself, I said, do you realize this is a stronghold in you? There's something demonic behind this. Did you see how you manifested he said, I was just angry because you, you don't understand the truth. And I said, so, okay, 
I challenged him on this. This is one of the big ones. Okay, and I challenge all of you, everybody listening to me, please write in gwccrobert at gmail.com and try to show me where I'm wrong. But I have have said this, and I've thrown out this for about 20, 25 years. Show me in the scriptures a seven-year tribulation. I'm challenging every one of you, and I've been throwing out this challenge for about 25 years now. Show me in scripture a seven-year tribulation. Not just where it says tribulation, but a seven-year tribulation. Show me the seven-year tribulation in Scripture. Okay? Show me the 2,000-year gap. It's often called, many teachers call this the 2,000-year prophetic gap. Okay? Show me that in in Scripture. Find that in Scripture. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. It's not there. In 25 years, not one person has been able to, to show me this. Not one. And so back to this conversation with this pastor, this gentleman who was a friend at the time, I said, show me these things. If you can show me these things and show me where I'm wrong, then of course I'm going to start believing again um, this side of it. And he, he, he looked confused and he, and he literally did this. Well, um, well you know, um, I don't have my notes here. I'll have to go check my notes, but I'll get back to you. And that conversation took place somewhere about, I don't know, eight, uh, five to eight years ago. I don't remember exactly. But you know, I'm still waiting for that phone call. I'm still waiting for that meeting. I'm still waiting for him to contact me and say, hey, I found my notes. I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. Now, why after all this time hasn't he been able to do that? Because it's not there. Any notes that he has is going to be based upon what these other guys wrote, not what he found in scripture. And the way I would combat that false teaching is simply by going to scripture. I, again, this this wasn't necessarily on end time theology, but somebody was trying to teach me or try to explain to me something. I'm like, but that's not really fully biblical. And they kept quoting uh, some other Christian writer from his book, his work. And I said, yeah, but the Bible says this. And I went, took him right to the scripture and showed him what the Bible actually said. And this, this guy uh, was getting mad at me for proving that what he thought and what he was teaching was wrong. But it was the Bible. It's a, he says, oh, you're just trying to be a know-it-all and you're just trying to, you know, show off. I'm like, listen, I'm just showing you what the Bible says. You, it's up to you to accept it or reject it. I'm telling you what God says about this situation. If you want to um, agree with or believe, you know, Pastor Jojo over here who wrote this pamphlet or this book, and, and he's well known somewhere, if you want to believe him, that's up to you. You take that up with God. I personally choose to believe the word of God. And, and when we talk about end time theology, there is no seven year tribulation mentioned anywhere in scripture. It talks about tribulation, but never a seven year tribulation. So to come up with that, to come up with that seven year uh, tribulation, you have to actually twist scripture, add to scripture and take away from scripture, which scripture itself tells us to never add to the word of God and never take away from the word of God. The word of God is complete just as we read it. And all of these end time guys that are teaching this stuff have added and taken away from scripture, 
making themselves out to be God because only God can add to his word. And he'll never take away from his word. But if if anybody had the authority to take away from the word, it would be only God. So when we have modern preachers adding to or taking away from the very word of God, what have they made themselves? They've made themselves a God unto themselves. So what am I saying? I'm going to continue on this for, for, I don't know how many podcasts, but I'll continue on this. And what I'm saying is, listen, do not get caught up in false doctrine. And pastors don't preach false doctrine. Study it out for yourself. Go ahead and find that 2,000-year prophetic gap. Go ahead and try to find that. And and go ahead and try to find where the Bible tells us there will be a seven-year tribulation. And if you can find them, prove me wrong and send me those verses and show me those verses. Not with your opinion, just send me the verses. Because if the Bible tells me that, I'm going to listen to the Bible. So if I'm wrong, it's going to be the Bible that proves me wrong. Not your opinion. So get ready for our next podcast because I'm sure it'll be a doozy. I don't know if I'm making friends with this or I'm making enemies, but either way, I'm just doing my best to give you the truth. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Org, or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day. Mm-hmm.